Tune in to UFO Undercover Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. my place welcome to the gateway your compass through the uncharted waters of mystical and spirit communication broadcast live from united public radio network 107.7 fm new orleans i'm your host cl thomas joining me is icar international community of alien research director and owner of the public united public radio network joe montado is is here to discuss the latest with icar and alien research you might know him from the unexplained in agent aliens Joe, welcome to the show. Mm, oh, thank you, CL. How you doing? You having a good night? Good. Yes, I, I think no, so. No ghosties creeping up or nothing. No paranormal people. No demons. You don't know, get me started on demons, girl. Just don't even. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's interesting you say that because just last night in my room, I kid you not, my I have a TV in there and it came off and on a couple of times by itself. You know, well, weird stuff like that happens. You know, so one of the things we, one of the things when ICAR was founded, and not just that, when the when the original UFO Paranormal Radio Network was founded, we were looking for alternative explanations. And when I say alternative, people get mad. They're like, "Oh, you're trying to debunk them." No, we're not really trying to debunk them. We're just trying to find other explanations. Maybe some kind of dimensional bleed through, or some type of electrical fields, or maybe you yourself. You know, sometimes people with uh, advanced telepathic abilities can 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 force can force things to change so it's um or make things move around or you know i know a lot of people who can turn tvs and off and on with their brain and it's not really? telekine- oh yes and it's not telekinesis it's it's something else but not just that i've seen someone that can change a channel so one of the reasons we started studying that is is you're 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 just a baby so but in the old days we had rabbit ears on top of our tvs and sometimes when you <laughs> pass by, them, so when, sometimes when you pass by, them, it would make the picture good, better or worse. So advanced contactees or even advanced, I don't want to say spiritual people, but maybe more enlightened along telepathic abilities could actually make the picture clear up without actually getting out of the chair. Uh, so we started studying things like that because it was a weird phenomenon. And it seemed to happen a lot because you could go in somebody's house that couldn't get the damn thing to clear up for nothing. And this young person would sit down, this old person would sit down and start thinking about it, and bam, instantly a clear picture. Now, people say, oh, the weather changed. Well, that's true. But when the person left, it, they instantly went back to the crappy TV again. So I know, I know before, I'm sorry, before the age, before the age even regular TV, man, it was rough. I don't, yeah, people got so easy now. It's kind of like walking under a um, street light and the, and the lights will come on when you exactly walk under them. Has that happened to you? Actually, it happens to me driving. It happens to me walking. So mm-hmm. it's weird, a weird thing. And we've we've actually 
tracked it. So you can anticipate a particular light going off. And as your car rolls up to it, it goes off right as your car is going underneath it. And as soon as you clear it by about four or five feet, it comes right back on. But you can anticipate it. You can actually say, okay, this is going to be the one that does it. And it's not because you're making the light go off. It's because the light was going to go off anyway. But for some reason or another, you sense it. All of these, we've done hundreds of experiments on these. We, one thing iCar loves to do is to do things like 500 times to, just so we can say to ourselves, you know what? This is a real freaking phenomena uh, and we need to look into it even more. And it's even, it's even more than that. It helps us with um, abductees and contactees coming into the organization because all of them are gifted and just never know what kind of gifts they're going to have. And it's good to understand the different gifts so that we can at least show them at least partially how to control them. I mean, it, being an empath, it has such advantages over just everyday life. Being a telepath has even more. I mean, so, and I got to tell you a little secret. If you're empathic, you're an alien abductee, so just deal with it, people. There's nobody <laughs> telepathic or empathic on this planet that has not been taken. Sorry. Wait. Oh, so yeah. All mediums are have been abducted. Is that what you're saying? All mediums are, are what we call abductees. They're not contactees because they're not functionally aware of the situation, but they are abductees. And let me, and you have to understand something about abductees. They remember of their a zero, they don't remember anything. You have to realize 98% of everybody who's taken will never, ever, ever, ever realize this has happened to them, ever. But there are certain signs. Contactees tend to be, or abductees tend to be attracted to things, uh, paranormal things especially. But they also like dragons. You'll, you'll find them really infatuated with dragons and vampires. Anything occultic, they'll look in. They'll start out with just the everyday religions. Usually will run through. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, That's they'll run true. through. Yeah. They'll run through those and then all of a sudden they'll, they'll may even get into the dark arts. But they're looking, they can feel this, they can sense this inside them, but they have no idea what it is that they're sensing. So they're digging. So the more they move forward, the more they, and then all of a sudden they'll find themselves maybe investigating paranormal stuff in the paranormal fields because no one's actually ever helped them to find out what's really going on in their life. And there is paranormal to be looked into. Uh, there is stuff that there is, but when you look at contactees, so what's a poltergeist? I know you're, you're that moves things. Okay. So, so when an alien comes, there's poltergeist activity, but there's no spirit there, but things will come on. Stuff will start moving around. Things will start messing around. Things will start floating around in the room and stuff, but there is no, no ghosty there. Hey no Joe, spirit. you know how we were just talking about um, Michelle mm -hmm. saying that we were two minutes late. She just uh, messaged us. Joe, get out of my head. Because she's evil like that. She's probably in my head. But anyway, it's um, all of this stuff is, is, is crossover into the different fields. So we could, as, as a good paranormal person, would argue me this all day long, but there's no reason for it. Because you can have both. You can have a, a demon or something throwing shit around in your house and, and an alien doing it too. But the real thing is, is, is saying which one it is act, you know being accurate about predicting because a paranormal person is going to always go in and say it's a ghosty or something like that a ufo person is going to always go in and say it's an alien so you have to be in the middle because you have to really truly know what it is because you can be misdiagnosing you could be having <laughs> you know you could be having a damn alien you know taking this person they have no idea because a lot of times an abduction can feel very very dark and very very creepy so you know, this person may actually think it's a ghost or something taking them. And depending on what kind of alien it is, it can be very, very creepy. So, but then again, 
and a UFO person might come in and be thinking, oh, it's definitely alien. But the more they look at it, think, oh, well, you know, this might actually be something else, spirit or a demon or some kind of ghost. So you have to be honest about it or you screw up all the time. Um, you know, it's one of the things when I first got in this field, people hated me because I always like, I'm like, no, people do it correctly. Do it right. Uh, that way, then people like me don't have to come back behind you and bitch at you. Because, well, so, I mean, I, I get tired. Go ahead. I'm tired. You got to shut me up. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> to the listeners out there, this is going to be a fun show. So I'm sitting down with the producer, Joe, for the first time. And it's kind of like for me, I get to know Joe because I really don't know him that well yet. So, okay. So you're the spokesperson and director for ICAR. What is this organization and how did you get involved with it? Oh, because some demon told me you better do it. <laughs> it it's, it's so hard. Okay. So fastest version I can do because I don't want to take up all the show. Um, a long, long, long time ago, many, many moons, uh, we used to have a, uh, a chat room on Yahoo. Um, well, actually, we didn't even have one at first. We were going to this thing. I forgot what it was called back then. This this uh, guy had this chat room. We were going in it. And it was the first time they actually had voice and controls in a chat room. So it was kind of cool. And so we'd all go in and talk, and they'd be talking spiritual things or alien things. And he was talking about how he was a alien abductee. Ariel St. Sinclair was his name. So we got to listen to this guy for a while. And I'm like, man, we need our own chat room. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. This guy is a Fruit Loop. And it's, it, it led to many, 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 many arguments. So finally, uh, we got together, the whole group, and they opened up the UFO Alien Phenomena chat group. And we were getting so many people coming in with experiences that we had to have an organization because it was too much for the, the 12 or 14 of us that founded the room. It was too much. It was just entirely too much. So within 10 years of the organization being founded, we had already had 57,000 cases that had passed through the organization. Currently, we're sitting at about 114,000. So now the organization is 25, 26 years old now, but um, it's insane how many people contact us. And right now we're, we're in a um, break because what we do is about every 10 years, we channel out our directorship. Uh, and then we bring in new directors. So we just, how can I say this? Retired 15 directors. No, all friends, all family, and all come back to anytime we need them. But we try to catch you before you burn out uh, because we might need your services in the past. So we try to catch someone before we burn them out because there's a lot of stuff that goes on, a lot of people who just want to talk about it. And well, what is the overall goal? The overall goal is to get to the truth. What the hell is actually going on? I mean, when somebody originally told me this, I was in a service. I was 17. And I said, you are bleeping, 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 bleeping nutcase. And this guy had, he was a, I think a Lieutenant at the time, a Lieutenant JG. And I was like, um, I was like, no, dude, there's no such thing as aliens. Nobody's probing you. You're not, nobody's taking you anywhere. You had just been smoking too much ganja. You need to knock it off. And then, and I, for some reason, I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing, but People would just come up to me and tell me their whole life. When I was when I uh, when I was real young and I got out to service and I was working uh, restaurants uh, as a manager and stuff, I'd be standing at the front counter and people would just come up, just start telling me about their whole damn life. I mean, not kidding you. I'd go visit my wife at the convenience store she was managing. I'd walk in, we'd both be there, just come up, tell me your whole damn life. And then sometimes in that life story was an alien abduction. And I'm like, why would you tell me this? Do I, and I looked much differently back then. I was you know I was baby faced and no beard 
uh, no mustache, no long hair, had them damn police glass. Everybody thought I was a cop. Um, it was, it was, but yet still people would just come up and tell me. So I was getting aggravated with it. I really was. I, I was getting to the point uh, around 19 or 20, I was just getting aggravated. So I went to go see my dentist, who's a really good friend of the family. She's about 50, was about 50, 40, somewhere 48 to 50 years old. And she's doing my dental work. And she said, can I tell you something? You won't think I'm crazy. And I'm like, sure, because I've been knowing Miss Carol since I was, you know, cricket. And um, she starts telling me how a freaking alien abduction. And I had to stop and say, okay, why are you telling me this? Well, I, I feel safe. I don't think you'll go telling everybody. And I needed to tell someone. So she goes into great detail. Now, by this point, I've heard about 20, 25 people tell me this, and there's a lot of similarities in the cases. And my brain's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. And then out of nowhere, someone who's very close to me, very personal to me, very popular individual, uh, was in politics, uh, very well-known, uh, very wealthy, came up just out of the blue and said, hey, Joe, uh, I, don't, I don't have anybody to tell this. I've been being taken by aliens. And I just looked up at him and like, okay, well, this person never lied about anything to me or anyone else that I know of in their entire life. So I was just kind of floored. I said, you know what? I said, because of you, I'm going to join MUFON and see if I can get to the bottom of it. And I went and met Walt Anders and uh, joined what the is organization. For, for listeners who don't know what that is. Uh, MUFON is the mutual UFO, well, mutual UFO network. Uh, they they do mostly sighting work. They, these days they say they do abduction work, but we're not going to go there. They just really don't. Um, but they do do track sightings and stuff like that. And they were the premier organization at the time. And if you watch things like X-Files and stuff like that, you'll see them mentioned in places like that. But I was with them for a little while and uh, I was we were dropping reports. I mean, we were getting so much research. So I got with a group of people there, some friends of mine, because MUFON didn't do alien abductions at, at the time. So we went through all the cases we found, and we found about 5,500 cases that we used for what we call base criteria. Uh, these are cases that were all matching in some, you know, in a lot of areas. 50% or more of what went on in those abductions happened to somebody else in another abduction. Yeah, so, I see that on your website. You have like a whole collection of these. Yeah, so the reason why this is important is, one, none of these people know each other. None of this is made public. And even a lot of the data today is still not made public, so... When you have this much corroborating data with, with other people, you have to stop and think, okay, well, something is legit going on because this person had this happen or this happened or this happened or this happened or this happened. And you're sitting there thinking, well, who's doing it though? Doesn't necessarily mean it's aliens. It could be government. So you, you can't just go hopping on the alien train right off the bat. You, you need, you need, you need more than just that. So we started trying, well, first I'm gonna go back to move on. So, uh, like I said, we we took that criteria. Well, MUFON got really pissed at us for doing it because they didn't believe in alien abductions. But it was worse than that because I was talking with a bunch of directors there. We were all submitting reports and never getting a response. No one came out to look at it. No one ever told us anything about it. It seemed like they might have been going somewhere else, like from us to the government somewhere, to some other organization that works for the government. And come to find out, John Schlusser worked uh, – special programs, black ops. And what I mean by that is he worked for like Boeing and Lockheed, but he was in the black ops group. So was uh, three of their other directors all had black ops tops. I don't know about the current director because I haven't met him. So I don't want to talk about him, but so four out of the five that had been there all had black ops ties. And it, it just started just feeling bad all the way around that 
maybe they weren't the organization looking for the truth. Maybe they were the organization that was hiding the truth. Because when I asked them, this is 30 years into their, their thing. I had Walt Anders had just been on my show. He's a friend of, well, he's passed, but he was a friend of mine. And uh, so I asked the head of MUFON, uh, which I think it was, uh, what's his name, Phillips. And he goes, uh, I said, what has MUFON truly achieved? I said, do you think extraterrestrial are these extraterrestrial crafts? And you know what he reverted back to? It? Well, they're UFOs. Well, UFO means unidentified flying object. It could be any damn thing. Uh, so I was just like, I said, okay, well, that, that, that told me all I wanted to know right there. I resigned my commission from them. I met all these people online within about five years after meeting them. ICAR was founded because it just, we just had to have, uh, somewhere to put all this data and put it up and all, every director we have is under a non-disclosure agreement. They can't write a book. They can't go just selling it to a movie company or something. They have to get permission from myself, the board of directors and the person that's that the case is about everything well, has, is, the, has the government ever tried to censor you guys no but they sure brought me in for questioning for three days and then two more days it's um just recently really so they are yeah. threatened by this research no no this is this is this is just all a going part of this um this um project the government's been doing looking for answers according to them see Originally, when I heard this, when uh, Dr. Graham got involved in this, this Koresh guy, who's just the biggest scam artist I've ever seen, uh, they were looking for UFOs. What the government's hoping for, the same thing that, um, what's his name? Oh, he's a really wealthy billionaire um, that was giving move on money, and then he took it all back because they were just going out and playing around with it. Um, Bigelow. So Bigelow Airspace gave move on a bunch of money and said, here, go find me some UFOs. Everybody's looking for the same thing, advanced technology. We want to be a, to take the next step. So any organized government organization that thinks that abductions are real or contact is real, that has heard about the inside of the craft, of course, they want somebody. That's why they call them military abductions. They want these people. They want to know what's in their head. You know, um, you hear people talk about particular type craft. Of course, our government is interested in these things. And that's one of the greatest things about this is the very first time I ever heard about a gray craft where the three grays would get in and they would just meld in with the ship, like the ship would just become part of them. So it was like just from the waist up was them and the rest of it was a ship. Anything you needed a ship, you would think about it and it would just come out of the wall and make it as it was coming to you. Everything was lit, but there was no lighting anywhere. You could adjust the lighting just by thought. The table would just bubble out of the floor and then a person would lay on it and then it would bubble out around it and then it would come around shield and completely engulf the person with some kind of something they could breathe but it looked liquid uh and I, if i had a dollar for every one of them prescription descriptions y'all wouldn't be on the radio right now i'd be retired i mean it's it's crazy how much of this stuff we get that's just so identical and since it hasn't until steven speedmore none of this had even ever been on tv uh so people well, Joe, didn't know do you believe that you yourself have been abducted they don't want me. Look how scary I am. What, what the hell would an alien want with me? If if you go strictly by criteria, then yes. If you go by not wanting to believe, then no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how I feel on a particular day. It's um, I really never even looked at myself in this as anything until, oh God, I was in my probably late 30s. Uh, maybe I was in denial because we had been going places. So there's a story called the surfing aliens. This is great. You'll love this. So I took a group, a bunch of people out to the beach one night. 
because we knew on Eglin by Eglin Air Force Base on um, Golf Breeze, uh, not Golf Breeze on um, Opal Beach Islands, and I mean on Opal Beach, right down from Eglin Air Force Base, there had been a lot of abduction happened. So I said, we're going to take these people. And we got in like four little tents. And I said, just just watch and let's see. Uh, we put everything together so we could be talking. So it was like one and then two went around and one on the side. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of people out there. Some, uh, you know, doing the nasty, nasty. Some just running around and saying, bunch of streakers running around. It was just a crazy night. Uh, but there's a lot of people there. So we were sitting and it started getting quiet. And people started laying down and just sitting on the edge of the beach or sitting on the edge of the water and, Oh, so we're just watching, and all of a sudden, you see what looks to be like little white blips in the water in different locations. And then the next time you blink, there was actually an alien on top of the blip. He looked like he was surfing. It was, he was on some kind of field just floating across the water. But when you seen the waves underneath it, it looked like so. So it always got picked up as a surfing aliens. There was 15 people there from four different states that seen it. Uh, and then there was at least 40 reports of alien abductions at night in that area. So take it for what it is. But all these people saw the same thing. They saw what they what they considered the tall grays, basically on some kind of hover thing coming up to the beach. It's not the only time we've been there. And we, grew, we, we spent 15 hours in a fog one night driving all over Florida. Um, and there was one part, we finally got out the truck. So the girls are all walking in front of us and we're walking behind and there's probably 50 to 75 feet between us. And it's so foggy. You literally, if you put your hand out like that, you can't see it anymore. And um, I heard the girls saying, what the hell is that noise? And they thought it was us. They started bitching at us because they thought we were running up behind them. And I'm like, no, we're way back here. So we started picking up the pace. And as we got up to the pace, we seen footprints about this long that were just appearing and disappearing, appearing and disappearing. Didn't see anything attached to them, mind you. Just the footprints. It was really weird. So we, we stepped it up faster to catch up, got right up behind the girls and walked in behind them. And there's a big gazebo right there, right? And this gazebo was right up against the fence of Eglin Air Force Base. One of the, it's, Eglin Air Force Base is the, one of the largest bases in the country. And it's where they test all, all non-nuclear weapons of any kind. It's got something like 84 uh, runways and bases on it. And one of the best videos, which is on the old site, on the Alien Enigma site, we actually got a saucer landing next to the tower on the beach, sitting there. We were just sitting there watching it. There's a lot of weird stuff happening there. But um, anyway, it, it's we got up in the casino because everybody wanted to break, and we're sitting there. And this is right after Hurricane Katrina. So a lot of these people who were with me were not from here. They were from other states. And then Mike, a friend of ours, he came down from Canada to help with the restoration of New Orleans. And uh, he said, Joe, what the hell is that on a pole? He thought it was, he, when he first looked up, he said, it looks like a giant crab or something. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I zipped my head around and it was a gray coming down the pole this way, head down. He came down, he stood up. Everybody in the room is just, now you got to remember, everybody in this room not only has their phone camera, but has another camera. Not one damn picture was taken. Not one. Uh, we watched this. The beings were manipulating the equipment. No, probably because we were just in shock of what we were seeing. Um, we seen this thing started walking out the, the little walkway and it gets it into the walkway. Everything goes white and it kind of looked like he went down some stairs, but he just disappeared. And we were all, what the bleep 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 just happened. And uh, no one, no one could figure out what happened. Well, but when we got back to the truck, seven hours had passed. Seven. The truck it was like, like a time, a time yeah, slip. Yes, the, 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 the truck was like 20 minutes away tops. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Freakiest what is the point stuff. of aliens coming here and abducting people? 
Well, I'm are just they taking our sex. DNA or are they taking our, no, our no, they, they, blood? Like a, what is it? You know, you ever notice that most most abductees aren't ugly? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, there's a lot of reasons they'd want to take us, but let me let me put this a different way. So I have a tendency to judge everything by its actions. It's just a habit of mine. It's a good habit, but still it's a habit. So if I look at the aliens and judge them strictly by their actions, yeah, well, they're evil, no good bastards because they take people without telling us, but they wipe their memory so they don't have to remember. So they haven't eaten us and they haven't conquered us, but they haven't enlightened us either. So a lot of contactees think that they're here to take over the planet. Well, it would have been much easier to take over the planet 10,000 years ago. There was hardly nobody here. They had spears and bows. And I mean, today we got nuclear weapons. So it would have been much easier also to enlighten us even to do so would have been much easier. But here we are in 2024. Aliens are still coming and taking people on a regular basis. Uh, keepers are advanced. They, they do know a lot. They get a lot of information. And it's one of the reasons the governments are so interested in them. But keepers are uh, contactees who actually work with the aliens agenda, not against humans, but to protect humans. So what happened, the first time we ever heard about this was a woman was on board and there was a group of children on board and the, the children got scared, I guess. And she went over there and started messing with them. And from that point forward, the aliens would just let her deal with the children on board the ship. For the most part, kids aren't scared of aliens. It's, 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 it's really just the humans. Whatever happens that's bad happens around puberty and lasts till about 28. Uh, and then all that stuff stops. Then it turns into a whole different type of contact. And then you're either useful or you're not. And if you're not useful, they just quit taking you. If you are, they continue taking you. But useful can mean a lot of things to them. And uh, they're here. They, they And they're not going anywhere. But, but the best part about this is, let's say that you're a contactee. Well, that means this one alien, we'll call him Bob because that's Bob behind me back there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and this one, hold on, let me show you this alien. This is Lola, the black. Do not mess with her. She will eat you alive. I know you can't even see her again. She's just a little spot. No. Well, mm. she's she's kind of blending in with the uh, with that skull that thing you have back there. She's uh, she's she's also an alien too. But uh, anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. So, when do you, you believe that there's? Um, I've always heard that, and actually, somebody called me a star seed before. So you have the indigos, you have star seeds, you have star children, um, you have nephilim. Well, nephilim or, or reptilians. Nephilim are, they, are just the sons of God, but um, which is probably just aliens. the sons of aliens. No, they're probably just. So what is alien? Aliens. So a lot of what we consider miracles in the Bible, aliens could do in their sleep. There's nothing that's mentioned in the Bible that they can't do, including walk on water cure your diseases with the ways of their hand, basically get in your head and take all your fear and evil away. So by our definition of a God, they are gods. But understanding since we're a more advanced civilization, we actually know that, ooh, no, they're not gods. They're just very, very, very advanced. Think about when we went to Africa the first time or South America, we looked like gods. Um, that's what they thought we were, man. And, and, and today, even today you go out there with a big light it'd be like, Whoa, what's that? It's, um, and think about our technology going back just a hundred years or 200 years or 500 years. The, the only way they can, the only way they can think of it is you as a God, when you got pull out your little cell phone and you got all these pictures, you do all kind of stuff, you snap and taking people's souls away. It, it's hard for them not to think of it that way. 
But we're a little more modern now. So we figured out, okay, these aren't real gods. They're more than likely, you know, some type of extraterrestrial. So I actually lost a really good paying job because I said Jesus might've been an astronaut because this was a very, (laughs) well, the family who owned the company was very religious and I knew that, so I shouldn't have said it, but um, I dated, they didn't ever tell me that's what it was, but I knew that's what it was. And, um, but the problem is we don't know because none of us were there. And if, and if what they say about the aliens are true, then yes, it's a good chance that he was not the son of God, but an extraterrestrial just tooling around, you know, because he, he was, people forget. And if you ever go read the St. Thomas Epistle, you'll understand he didn't believe in organized religion. He was anti-religion. He was anti a lot of establishment stuff, probably what got him killed in the first place. So it was trying to somebody even, and, and if it was God, I can't see God. Cause you know, when you listen to the Bible about God, he seems to be very vindictive and, um, yeah, it, more it human like. Yeah, more human like. He has a lot of human qualities for something that that's is all in the, is up, yeah, omnipotent. It's um, yeah. I, I just and then again we got all the Roman and Greek gods. When you when you think about them in in context, they could have easily been extraterrestrials. So I, I, I don't and people don't start writing to see and I. It's not that I don't think there could be a god. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I think that we may have settled too soon. Um, a lot of what we consider could be God could actually be extraterrestrial. Remember, the Bible wasn't written by God. It was written by some man 100 years after Christ's death, uh, about 160 years after Christ's death, which still confuses me. But anyway, there's just we have to always keep our minds open. At least in Judaism, they actually concede that there could be an advanced beings that could have come here in the middle of all of what they consider the, the God era whenever the hell that was and uh so you've got that and then you've got well you've got the mormons who are going looking for god on another world because they don't think god ever came to this world and <laughs> and, and and that you can have multiple wives there. i'm not sure exactly why you'd want to do that but well there's a lot of religions that believe in multiple well scientology believes yeah. that there's extraterrestrials around so so do you think that there's different types of aliens that are here on the planet right now if if the research is true and don't start people there's not 56 different types of aliens come here because that'd be too hard to keep secret the grays reptilians and humans do all the alien abductions the tall whites are a group that live out in area 53 uh where um they're allowed to go to places like vegas and stuff like that they they keep a base there it's their base they use to jump to another part of the galaxy uh, they've had a colony a long time. They have no contact with the other ones. They have an arrangement with the U.S. government, I guess, technology for whatever they're doing. And it actually came from um, the first time we heard the story, it came from a weatherman who was working the field that the aliens actually approached themselves. Well, he wrote three books on a matter of fact. But um, the guy, I voiced stressed him. He, let me put it this way. Everything that came out of his mouth, he believed. Can I prove 100% it was real? No, I cannot. But do I believe what he said? Yes, I did. Did the voice stress and polygraph believe it? It did. And they had, it, as far as it was concerned, he was telling the truth. But belief is a powerful thing. So um, it's it's hard. And since I don't see him myself. but So after that, he came on my show a few times, five or six times on the old show, Wake Up USA. And, um, and a UFO undercover too. But he... <laughs> 
I, I used to, cause he, he, we'd hear stories. So I'd get him to tell me more and more about him and, and the trips to the, the casinos and stuff like that. So finally, I'm, we're on a show. I said, you know, I said, I know the show reaches a lot of places. And I said, I know it reaches out to Vegas. I said, if anybody out there has seen this, why don't you please call me or write to me? Within two weeks of that show, I had three taxi cab drivers write to me from three different taxi companies. Uh, their limo drivers is what they actually were. And uh, I was like, really? And they were telling me about these these people who were very strange and were very tall, always had glasses on and these things and like almost like veils and hoods. It was very strange. He said, I just thought they were from a different country or something. And then about six months after that, I had a state trooper call me and say, what are these things, Joe? I said, well, if, the, if he's telling me the truth, they're an extraterrestrial. He said, well, you know what? I, I, he, he put out a thing at his work. Three more state troopers came forward. Now, the arrangement was never to make this public until after they retired because we didn't want to cost them their pension because they were crazy state troopers. And uh, so we had those. And then after that, we had about another five witnesses from two different casinos come. Now, now none of these witnesses knew each other, and none of the stuff about the witnesses had been made public yet. So they just, boom, there they were. So that's hard to get around. You know, it's individual witnesses from different places. So you have to say, okay, maybe. And to, today, even in my main mind today, the tall whites are still a maybe that live in Area 53. If anybody's out where, there, where, is, where is Area 53? Is that? It's, uh, it's Caddy Corner to Area 51. There's, they're all numbered out there, 51, 52, 53, 54. 55. They're big sections that the government owns. And yeah, I've been trying to find it, and I can't find that one. No, you're not going to find it. The only reason you can find Area 51 is because somebody busted them. Oh, it's not, they, don't, they don't usually make that stuff. I, actually, if I had a map in front of me, I could probably show you. And Because uh, it was Area 51 and Area 52. And then, of course, there's the, the infamous Area 51 where they don't do anything anymore. But, you know, they took all that extra space in. They got everybody so hard-winkled out there. Well, people, you can't see nothing because nothing's going on. Yeah, uh, well, it's not because of us. They didn't move because of us. And and it's not that there's nothing going on. There's all kind of underground shit that goes on, but all the advanced aerial stuff had been moved somewhere off there. There's a, um, okay, we'll talk about it, but there's an oil rig in the Gulf. That's a base. It's a big, huge underground facility. A big, it's a salt dome underneath the Gulf. And from what I understand, it's a massive salt dome underneath the Gulf. Because we all wondered, they took the president to a salt dome um, when this was the 9-11 attacks, right? They flew him into Louisiana because there's a place they have here in the salt domes where they bring him. So we know where that one's at in, in the bottom of the state, but they put him on a helicopter and it looks like they took him to the one in the Gulf. There's no way even a nuke would invade it. Now, I think it's well, 2,800 feet under the water. And then so it goes, that's crazy. the tall whites. That, that's the tall whites on Area 51. What about star seeds and reptilians and the rest of the genres? Well, reptilians are the sweetest little things that you can get around. I don't know why everybody hates them so much. They are really and truly, we are the most like them. Uh, they have a religion, um, just one, but they have a religion. Um, they, we, we, they're the way they act, or I should say, the way we act is a lot like them. The only, the only real difference is they have. Well, I think there's, I can't remember exactly how many there are, but I think there's nine or 10 breakoffs from the tribe. So all of them come from the same species, but some of them have gills, some of them have wings, some of them have these weird spike things. 
uh, but there's like nine different types of, of reptilians. But they're, get this, they're an agrarian society. They're not a violent society. They don't want to kill humans. They don't kill anybody for that matter. Um, they're, they're the reason why the Greys probably came here in the first place to keep a war from getting started because the Greys work for the light beings. So it's in uh, the council. So they, they were probably sent here just for that because without the reptilians, you would still be a slave today. Was it true that some of these uh, celebrities are part reptilian? You're part reptilian. Every, every, every person on this planet is part reptilian. All 8 billion of us. So without the reptilian section in your brain, you're a slave. You're not the person who's going to protect yourself. So the story goes, a long, long time ago, a race came to this planet. They couldn't actually breathe the atmosphere. Uh, the Sumerians said they built two great white dome cities. And from those two white cities, they went out and started to plunder our planet, for a better way of saying it. They created a race. Uh, the Sumerians called the seven creations. The last creation was human. Not They looked just like us acted a lot like us, but they weren't us. In other words, see, you and I would be asking, and why you want me to go plow? What? You want to go, what? Are you raining in mine? What are you, crazy? Um, you know, so we'd actually say, what the hell? But they didn't. So the Numos, which is a, one of the reptilians, who the Dogon were quite familiar with, which is in a very advanced tribe, which they think is a breach off or break off of the Egyptians, which lived in the, uh, some mountains in Egypt. Um the reptilians used to stay there and would come down, steal the women, rape the women, bring the women back. Women would be pregnant, have babies, and the babies were different. So when I heard the story originally, I thought they meant, oh, they had like, you know, fangs or claws or some shit, but they weren't. They looked just like them. But what they were was, screw you, I'm not going to plow the field. And they started organizing. That was the fall of Samaria and the aliens. Uh, but without them, and this is a fact, ladies and gentlemen, every human on this planet has a reptilian section in the brain. And you can look it up for yourself. Without it, you're not who you are. It's not a, it's not a myth. It's not a rumor. It's a pure fact. Uh, it's science. Now, it, so the scientists will say it's because we came from reptilians and that's what's left over. And if you want to believe that, that's fine. But the story suggests that, no, that's not how we ended up with that little piece of reptilian in our brain. Uh, yes, hmm. it's what it's what makes us say no. You know, when you hear that thing, just say no. Well, that's part of your reptilian brain saying that. Well, what uh, about star children? What are those? Munch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I was, that was bad, Joe. Bad, Joe. Terrible. It's, um. well, see, to me, star children, star seeds, all that are the same thing. They're just advanced contactees. Um it's they they everybody wants to label them for whichever reason and i'm fine with labels um i just don't like them because it makes some person might feel like they're you know being slighted or something but whether it's a star seed or a star child they have the same abilities they know the same thing so they're the same being they're, they're the same creatures it's just people want different labels it's like today um I can't remember the name. So if you're bisexual today, I can't, I'm not supposed to use that word. That's a bad, bad word. Now there's a whole new word for one of my co-hosts tore my ass up on the air about it one night. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because she's bi. She goes, Joe, no, this is the word we use today. I'm listening to him. I'm like, what word is this? That's why I can't remember it. Cause it was so dumb. And I was like, I said, okay, I'm old. I'll let it slide. That's <laughs> just what she said. She said, you're old. I'll let it slide. I said, oh, I'm a fire little butt. Um, but meaning that's, but it's the same thing. We're just using different words and it may be because of cultures 
or where we come from or personal beliefs. Uh, but we're using different words that really do mean the same thing. If you're gifted, if you're empathic and telepathic, you're definitely an abductee. Uh, and that's why you probably fall into the role of star seed or star child, because you have those gifts. Um, has the has aliens influenced our technology and religions and religions and about, for sure? What about leadership? Um, like you, you hear about the stories about the Bohemian Grove, mm. and well, Bohemian Grove is real, but I don't think it's got anything to do with aliens. But so no. I got a question. I got a question for you. Um, do you think George Bush, not George Bush, we're going to use a current president? Do you? Somebody's texting me. No, stop it. Um, Joe, do you think Joe Biden is going to fly down to Africa and tell the Zulu what he wants and he's going to get involved or he's going to send some people down there to interfere in their politics? Do you even think it would be worth his time to do so? Biden? Yeah. Any, any, no, any, he, any, any world leader for that matter, any, any top world leader, would it be I'd worth I'd be it? afraid Biden shouldn't leave the White House at well, all. I, I agree with that. But, he might like break a hip or something. I don't know. He just but, needs to stay where he is. The point being the aliens really aren't interest, interested in our politics. And, and I hate to say this so cruelly, they're not interested in the, in the 85% of the people who are not abductees or contactees. They're not. So them, what's that's the point of even coming here then? You know, what's because the point of that fifteen No, that fifteen percent is very important to them. That is the future. That is the future of the race. The eighty-five percent is not. That's the dead wood. That's what's going to go away. This upcoming is the future. One contactees are generally smarter. They usually have higher IQs. They usually catch on to things better. They they think more abstract than regular humans do. If you look at their childbirths, their children are usually quite a bit smarter than the same group of children coming from the same thing. Matter of fact, the U.S. had done a study and found that there was, there was a group of children in the United States that made about 15% that seemed to have been 20 to 30% more advanced than their siblings or their, their friends around them and stuff. And uh, so we found out. We started doing questions. And guess what we found? Out of every one of them that we could get a, a number on, which was about 250, turned out to be an abductee. Why so many of them, though? If they're not interested in the human race, why is there so many? They are interested. They're interested only in at 15%. So 15 oh, I hate to use this number. I'm going to get so much shit for this. So you know what 15% of the world population is, right? 1.5 billion. So a long time ago, a good friend of mine, Alpha Weber, he was a science advisor for Jimmy Carter. Uh, we were doing a show together, and he's really good at math really fast. So when you talk to abduction organizations, they will tell you between 10 and 15% of the world's population is being taken. So he right off the bat, oh, that's 1.35 million. I'm like, shit. So instantly I started getting phone calls. Well, the Australian Science Advisory wrote a whole special just on me They they it, to explain why this could not be possible. But they were very nice about it. They sent me the letter. I read it. They'd already published it. So I asked him, could I have as many words to rebut? And they said, sure. So I wrote him back, which was like about three pages. And they were stunned by what I wrote. And then you know how to answer it back, which was great. And uh, But anyway, we went back and forth for a while. And, they, and the whole thing is public. They probably still even have it today. Uh, the whole thing was public. It was a really, really, really good argument. But they're only interested in that 15%. They don't, if you're not an abductee or contactee, they don't really care what happens to you. Again, you are cannon fodder to them. Um, they have no interest in you at all. So when O negative came 
when when Rh negative came on the planet 40, 45,000 years ago, there was zero people with Rh negative blood. And most everybody had brown eyes, brown hand, brown skin, because that's what O positive or, or Rh positive was. Because there was no green eyes, there was no blue eyes, there were no blondes, there were no redheads. They were brown haired people, uh, brown skinned people. And O positive bloods. And I, I don't even know if there was, and they don't either, because I, I worked with three really famous hematologists for that's still on the ICAR website today on this. And uh, even they couldn't tell you exactly how it came to be. And no one can tell you how uh, RH negative just popped out on the scene. But it's, it's, it's way worse than that because RH negative is a baby killer. It kills babies. It causes stillborn death. Uh, if you marry someone to O positive, you have sex with somebody who's an O positive, not O positive, just a positive, and you're a negative, the baby more than likely is going to be stillborn. Now, they got treatments for today and they got vaccinations for today. But in the old days, that's why you had to have blood tests to make sure you were compatible so you did not have a stillborn child. But even with that, somehow or another, RH negative in the last 30, 40,000 years has managed to get 15% of the world's population now. Just think in another 40,000 years. It'll be 50% of the world's population. And after that, it's going to grow a lot faster. And it's a very important blood. All of our hematological research comes from O negative. It's, it's the purest form of blood known to man. O negative is also the universal donor. Without those two things, we're still in the Stone Age when it comes to blood. Uh, but, but somehow or another, I know it wasn't Mother Nature because she's not going to give us anything that kills her babies. So what was it? Was it just a freak of nature? Or did somebody else put it into our genes? And remember, once that happened, we started having green eyes and blue eyes. Uh, of the regular eye colors, green is the rarest. Uh, but to me, the real rarest is uh, they get this weird red that you can find every once in a blue moon. But without those blood things, we are not the species we are today. It's not We're just not. One, we wouldn't look the way we did. We would look like, you know what we really look like? We'd look like... Um, probably like the Middle East or the uh, central part of uh, the Americas, that nice kind of brown toned skin, regular hair, you know, dark hair, dark eyes. That's who we would have been. Maybe that might have saved us from all this warfare. Maybe all these damn blondes and blunettes and greens and blues started kill, making everybody kill each other. I don't know, but it's, um, hey, Mark, it's just, it's a tough thing to get around. And it can mean so much. It can mean so little at the same time. So it's something we keep track and we're never going to get track. And I think we're well over, I think we're well over 150,000 people have now taken the blood type thing and the, and the colored eye thing. And currently right now, out of all the abductees we've, we've talked to 65% carry an RH negative gene and a different eye color than brown. And it's really weird because brown eyes are the, as, of course, the most popular with like 80%. And of course, O negative is 85. I mean, RH, I mean, um, RH positive is 85% of the population. But so and, where, and, uh, well, where's all this going? Where, wait, where's I, all this going? But wait, let me ask you this and then you can ask me that. Okay. So when you, when you watch TV, pay attention from now on for, for your movie stars, your music stars, and your politicians, you're going to notice something odd. You're going to see a lot of blue eyed and a lot of green eyed. Now, remember, Green eyes are 2% of the population. Blues, I think, are 7 um, But yet, when you look on TV, you're going to see far more blue and green. Matter of fact, a lot of times you're going to see hardly any brown at all. Why is that? 
Why is that? Is it just the eye color just makes you so attractive that gets you on television or on the radio? I don't know why I'd get you on radio because nobody can see them. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, first thing that comes to my mind is the Playboy Mansion. You know, I'm here in Vegas, so that's what I see all the time. Mm. And they're all platinum blondes. You know, everybody yeah, likes platinum blonde and blue eyes. I always said when I come back, I'm going to be <laughs> blonde haired with blue eyes. <coughs> Brunettes are so much prettier than blondes. <laughs> it's, uh, no, really and truly, they are. It's um, I got, I got, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people. I, I'm really and truly, hell yeah, brunettes are pretty. Well, you like that, like, Christopher. I know what you like that long straight black hair down to your ankles, but not everybody can do that, my friend. <laughs> she was texting me. Why I said that is he has black hair down to his ankles. He's a guy, yes, he is, and he's not a gay guy. He's a straight guy. Uh, anyway, I know what. So what you have, I know. So we can run over because I'm the boss. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Michelle's gonna. She she could get mad. Oh yeah, well she she's in the room with us, so she can always hit the button herself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christy, how you doing, sweetie? No, I guess I was gonna ask. Is um okay? So we have the aliens visiting us. They're here on the planet. They're inner. They're mixing with our DNA. Where's all of this going? Are they planning on taking over the country? Are we going to go someplace else? Are we actually alien ourselves? What is this? Well, in in a way, you kind of hit on it. We are kind of. So I think by them giving us or helping us with our, our psychic abilities or even giving them to us, because it might have been the RH negative that triggered them. Because, you know, it's funny when you test for abilities, more, more RH negative people have them than RH positive people figure that one out and since they make it the majority of abductees you have to stop and wonder oh wait but i think that's one of the things the aliens are looking for too people that would have these abilities the reason why is is one when we become full telepaths and you know what i'm thinking and, and you know what i'm thinking the world's going to change a lot at first it'll be pretty chaotic and pretty nasty but i mean if we grow into it maybe not but eventually when everybody knows what everybody else is thinking it's going to be hard you're not going to be able to lie to your boyfriend or your husband or your wife World leaders are going to have a hard time lying to each other. Uh, you'll have to be more honest, which will change our society in major ways. And it's not just that. It will allow people, especially empaths. I mean, empaths have the ability to change the way rooms and even countries feel. A powerful empath could probably make the whole nation feel a particular way. I've seen empaths. I get cases that come in where empaths, they, they sometimes they'll just start crying or they'll, they'll start laughing for no reason because they're receivers and receivers tend to pick up people around them. So, you know, if, if someone's feeling bad, they might pick it up. They could even zoom in on the individual uh, where the the transmitters are different. They could, they'll walk into a room. Everyone will experience their emotion instead of that. She hit them experiencing their emotions. She'll make them experience her emotions. It's very weird to watch. And we have tested that in malls. That's how powerful mm -hmm. some of these impasse are. Um, I mean, that was that we did one in a mall, not far from here. I think there was about 2,800 people in a place and she started laughing so hard. She almost peed on herself. I was going, people in the, in the mall were leaning up against the wall. They just couldn't stop laughing. It was like, it was just like a wave of laughter across the entire mall. It was insane to watch. They got it on video. It was insane to watch. Um, how many can do it? How many can't? That's, that's really what one of the things we're looking for is how many people have these gifts? How many of these people know how to use these gifts? You know, having these gifts and using them are two different things and knowing how to use them in your life. Like if you're, if you're self-employed and you have to do business with people, being an empath is very, very helpful. You know, when you're talking to a customer, oh, wait, oh no, this customer will, will I can go another 2000, 3000, $10,000 up on this deal. And they're not even going to bark or 
you might start getting this weird sense of anxiety where you know you, you hit a sore spot with them or something and you can back off and change that. So it allows for much better deals and, and in a way more honest deals. It's uh, But what the, the aliens truly want, nobody actually, there, there is, so far we have counted at least 105 agendas. At least 105. Because uh, wow. one, we know that they're taking people from age puberty to age, like I said, 28 to 30. They do a lot of horrific crap up in there. We could do a whole show just on what they do to people. Like I said, they do block it out. And then when you get into your 30s and become something that can become useful for them, uh, whether it's spreading the word, because you got communicators, uh, quite a few of the people you see out there, they're compelled to speak. They, they, they can't help themselves. Uh, even if the government threatens them, they still go out and speak. They're, they're just, they just, that's, I guess, what they do for the aliens. I mean, I speak a lot, but I'm not, I don't think I'm actually doing it for the aliens. I think I'm doing it for the organization. Of course, I could be and not realize it, but, um, but I'm also doing things that they want. I'm collecting contactees for them. Uh, also, you know, people always get worried the government's going to find us. I said, well, nothing's on a server that's on the internet, so they can't get us that way. And I said, if they ever come in my house and just raid it, I said, it's going to make national news. I said, so, oh, wait, they came in and raided the UFO guy's house to take a service with all the contactees' names on it. Yeah, it's, that ain't going to go over well. People all over the planet would be suing. So it's, um, and besides that, they know, just like I said, when I had to go do, um, give testimony, that I'm willing to give them the answers. I just don't want to give them the people's names without the person's permission. But they don't well, Joe, need the person's with, name. With all of this stuff that you learned through the research with, um, ICAR and through all your personal experiences and everything else, what do you do with this information? Mm. How does it change? Does it change the way you live your life? It has changed like, in some ways the way I live my life. It, well, it, when, once I realized I was, I had uh, empathic abilities and telepathic abilities, it, it changed my life in a lot of ways. Cause one, I always knew what a lot of people were thinking around me, which made me kind of change the way I, I, I did business, but not just business, even the way I dealt with friends or like when I was lecturing, uh, the way I dealt with people and the thing, it's it's just, so when I lecture, and I haven't lectured, well, since COVID, uh, well, I did a little last year, but really not since COVID. When I lecture, I'll get up on the stage and I'll start talking and I can generally sense the entire audience and where it's moving. So this is cheating, by the way. <clears throat> I can switch an emotion over, find something that I feel that's compelling to me and transmit which changes the way the audience perceives the conversation. It's cheating, but it works very well. So because instantly, because I'm an empath, they instantly just start feeling that whatever that vibe is, it's usually 200, 500 people, whatever. And uh, they sense that vibe and they change with it. Like I said, mm -hmm. it's cheating. But most of the time I don't have to. I'm a pretty good lecturer. So most of the time I don't have to cheat, but still. Uh, I like to talk and I, and I, I'm here to give out information. The government knows that I've said this on air many, many times. And even today, this started back in wake up USA. We got a guy, he's our, he calls himself our handler. We'll be live <clears throat> even on the stream yard system. He can come in on the stream yard system and just start asking questions. And I, cause I said this on wake up USA. So if y'all ever got a question you need answered, just ask me and I'll tell you whatever I can. I said, as long as it doesn't involve someone's personal thing, I said, look, I don't want to keep anything from the government. I want the government to help figure out what's going on because I have contacts in the government. So if they get information, I'll probably get something in return. I Do mean, you think they'll ever disclose things. to the public? Well, see, the aliens have already disclosed. 
So as far as they're concerned, they've already disclosed to everybody they think that needs to be disclosed to. So if you're an abductee contactee or a keeper, you've been disclosed to it, and that's all they're really concerned about. As far as the government, it's not conducive for the government to disclose. So let's say you know you've been taken all your life, and let's say you remember all that stuff that happened to you from 15 to 28. You're going to want some kind of penance, revenge, or something. So if the government makes this and says, okay, you know what? Yeah, they really have been abducting people instantly. Instantly, you're going to have, well, 1.5 billion people suing. Uh, because they're going to say, well, you let aliens do to this stuff. They're going to sue the governments, the UN, anything they can get their hands on. Um, it's j- not just that. There's going to be riots in the streets. People are going to be mm-hmm. panicking because now you admitted that you've let your own citizens be taken. So it's, it's not in order for them to disclose, we have to give them something. We have to say, okay, look, we're willing to forego any, any, any charges or any hunting people down, uh, for the truth. That's the only thing we can do. If we don't do that, they're not going to do it. It's just not condu- conductive, conducive for them to do that. To it. It's just they lose all the way around on that. So, um, And governments are secretive. And if it's technology involved, if it's military reductions being taken in technology, they don't want to share that. It's not that they don't want to share it with you because eventually you will get it. They just don't want to share it with the Russians and the Chinese because uh, eventually they will give it to you. Yeah, they want us to have it. Joe, we have to wrap this up. <sighs> Christy, it's all your fault, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're blaming on Christy. No, we're blaming on Michelle for sending me stuff. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Is there, where can people find you? I know you have a network and everything else. Where can can listeners find you? The the best place to actually track me down is to go to uprntalkradio.com. That is our home website for the network. All my shows are listed there, and if you find one of the shows, it will direct you to how to get to the iCar site as well, which is easy. It's icar1.com. I know if you're going to go visit, visit soon, because I know uh, Deneen and them was telling me they're going to start remodeling the site, because they'd be remodeling forever. Uh, yes, I know. Site remodeling is, you know what, man. Jesus. <laughs> I actually probably, I probably asked Jesus for help many times when I'm remodeling websites myself. <laughs> Maybe not quite like that, but still, it's, it, it, I mean, well, because I'm like, geez, I'm Pete. Uh, but anyway, see, I had a blast. See, you're easy, man. You're easy, easy. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate we, it. I think we're going to have to give you five hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, kill me now. Kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained, the mystical, and otherworldly broadcast live from United Public Radio Network 107.7 New Orleans. Until next time. Bleep.